stories. Everyone's got them, but not everyone can tell them and portray them in an interesting way. In my podcast, Picking Your Brain, I'll be diving in each week with someone who not only has an interesting story, but is even more of an interesting person. When I figured out that my podcast was going to be about storytelling, I knew immediately that I wanted to talk to Miss Cassidy. She told us a story last year in English about beef stew, believe it or not. I'll let you hear it from her. Hi, Miss Cassidy. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. So, um, last year I was in your English class, and um, I think it was like February, right before COVID, <laughs> and I asked you why you had a can of stew with a bow on top. And so you said, okay, you're gonna wait till the end of class so you can tell everyone the story. And you don't tell it until someone asks you about it. So um, so would you like to tell the story? Sure, let's show the story. I actually wish I, I could show the, video, the can. I have the can in my hand right now. Um, it's very specifically Dinty Moore beef stew, uh, 10 grams of protein, no preservatives. And I do wait till people ask me. It sits right on my desk, right next to my pens and my post-its and my box of Kleenex. It took a long time last year, but you actually were the first to ask. So the can of Dinty Moore stew was actually given to me by a student uh, who graduated about six years ago. Mm -hmm. I won't necessarily have the right year because at some point they all blend together, but her name is Jordan. And she gave it to me with her um, class picture. You know, sometimes kids give pictures. And she, on the back of it, she wrote Dinty Moore, capital L-O-L. And I thought it was such a great gift because I had told the story her year without the can. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's the impetus to tell the story in the future. So here's the story of the Dinty Moore beef stew. Um, and I'm actually gonna preface it by saying this. I worked with a guy a few years ago who um, left teaching to become a writer and he's actually a published writer. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't gotten to reading any of his stories, but when he was leaving, he said to me, you know, you really should write that Dinty Moore story down. And I said two things. One, I'm a much better oral storyteller than I am a writer. And two, you're a really good writer. If you ever want to use any portion of this, mm -hmm. all I need you to do is put a little note at the end. You know, some ideas came from this Megan Casty person. But anyway, <laughs> so here's the story. Right after I graduated from college, um, I, I went to, I should preface it by saying I went to Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was living at home, and that September, the first football game of the Notre Dame season was against Northwestern. Which, if you don't know, Northwestern's in Chicago, mm -hmm. and Notre Dame is in South Bend, Indiana. So they're about an hour and a half apart from each other, but they're both like 12 to 13 hours away from here. So I had tickets to the game, and I asked my parents if I could go, and their answer was, you can go if you can pay for your trip out there and back, and you can figure out where to stay. Now, it was my first year out of college, um, and I had just had an internship, so I had very little money. So I looked for the cheapest way to travel, and it turns out you can actually travel pretty far across the country on a Greyhound bus for very little money. I, I want to say that the ticket from um, Manhattan, from the uh, Port Authority to downtown Chicago, was maybe $35 round trip. That's pretty cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so I was really excited, my parents, and I was going to be staying with some friends, so my parents said I could go. So I got to Manhattan, and if you've never been to um, the Port Authority, the above ground part is fine. It's just like Grand Central or Penn Station, but where the buses are, sort of lined up underneath in the basement garage thing, it's like you're in the bowels of the city. It's just <laughs> awful. It's all smoggy and whatever. So you don't want to be there for very long. 
So I went down there, it was probably there about 15 minutes before the bus was leaving, and already there was a bit of a queue, like a lineup. And um, on this line, and there's nothing else down there. You can't buy anything. It's just this gray, dreary, hot, well, it was hot because it was the summer, smoggy, like, you know, exhaust-filled garage. You can't buy anything. It's too late. If you wanted something to eat, you had to buy it when you were upstairs. Mm -hmm. So there were these two guys, two men, I, I don't know, I would say they were in their mid-twenties, who were a little bit, first of all, they stuck out like sore thumbs, and I made a decision at some point that they were going back. Like, I was going to the Midwest, yeah. coming back east. They were going back to the Midwest, or even further. Mm -hmm. um, they stuck out, and they were asking, they were a little bit complaining about the fact that they didn't have, like, anything, like water or anything, whatever, but time was running short, and if they were gonna get something, they had to go back upstairs. But the most important thing is they were loud, and large, and I sort of made a mental note, like, they're not necessarily the safest <laughs> people to align yourself with. Okay. So, as we're starting to get on the bus, the first people who got on the bus was this um, intergenerational family. I say that because there were definitely, there was definitely a grandfather and a grandmother. I think there were at least two moms and one dad. They were all clearly related. And then, like, five or six kids of mm -hmm. varying ages. And when they got on, they, they occupied the first three rows, no, actually the first four rows, both sides. Okay. Okay. So I was right behind them, and I said to myself, I'm going to sit directly behind them because if anything should happen, this is a safe group. Mm -hmm. Like, Grandpa and Dad <laughs> are going to take care of all these kids. Mm -hmm. I'm going to jump in with them <laughs> if something happens. So that's the first thing I did. A bunch of people get on, including those two guys who, um, again, were dressed sort of alike. And then another young a uh, young woman got on the bus who was about my age and I had purposely sat on the aisle because I didn't want anybody to sit next to me and she came up next to me and she said can I sit in that seat and I actually moved over because I got the sense that what she was doing was exactly what I was doing yeah I'm gonna stay near this family I I myself didn't look too threatening and I sort of was like aren't we the smart young women staying with this family there's some shady people in the back <laughs> okay so uh, we make our way across the country, we, it's on Route 80, which goes all the way to the other coast, but um, the very first stop is somewhere in New Jersey, I'm not exactly sure where it is, and the whole family in front of us gets off. They had this lovely, like, basket dinner that a person grandma made. They got off, and it was just like, okay, so we lost that, we lost that group of safe yeah. people. Then we get a little bit further, the bus dips down a little, goes south, I don't know what the highway is, and this other woman, so the other young woman gets off, I don't know what her name is. And now it's starting to get into the night. I should have said it was about uh, 8 o'clock when we left. That's probably why it was such a cheap bus fare, because it was through the night. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she gets off. The front of the bus is empty. I'm effectively the f further, you know, f most far front person. There's a seat empty to my right. There's actually a young couple across the aisle that for some reason I decided romantically in my head were like running away to California together. They were definitely younger than me. They were not older <laughs> than 16. So... All of a sudden, I would say it was probably two in the morning, so pretty much everybody was asleep. We were somewhere in the middle of Ohio, and all of a sudden, from the back of the bus, I heard the following. <laughs> Give me the dinty more. <laughs> really deep. Give me the dinty more. And then like a pause, and then, Give me, give me the dinty more. And then you could hear like a little bit of a scuffle. And first I was like, I don't even know what he's saying. What he's saying is dinty more, dinty more. So I kind of get aroused from sleep. The people, the young couple across the way kind of get aroused from sleep. And I lean in and look back in the bus. And one of those two guys, I, I think they were brothers. I'm just going to call them brothers. They looked enough alike. 
was standing in the aisle hovering over the other brother, <laughs> demanding he give him the dindy more. Now, I know it's stew. I don't even know if anybody else knew it was stew. I never had it, but I, there used to be this funny joke about it, which I'll say at the end. But anyway, so he's hovering over his brother. So I know he's saying to his, or whoever this guy is, saying, give me that can of stew. I want the can, <laughs> I want the can of stew. The other one's not doing it, not doing it. So I lean back into my seat because I don't want to like be caught staring at them. Mm -hmm. And you can hear a scuffle. Like there's a definitive scuffle. Their work boots are kind of pounding. <laughs> and at some point in the scuffle, I guess one of them got the other one pretty good. And his hat, his baseball cap that was like a John Deere cap, I guess came flying off his head, tumbled over some seats, <laughs> and landed in the seat that was vacated by the girl who got off the bus. <sighs> so that's when I started connecting with other people. I looked at the hat and I thought, oh my God, he's going to come back here because he wants his hat and then he's going to sit next to me. So I looked at the couple across the way, like, what do I do? And like together we like decided to get to throw this hat someplace <laughs> else because I don't want either of these people coming near me. Yeah. All right, so there's still a scuffle. And uh, I decide to look back again. I don't know if the couple across from me, the guy across from me did. I look back and all of a sudden, um, I see the one brother, I assume, hand this small can of Dinty Moore stew and I think we're in, we're in good shape. <laughs> we're in totally good shape. And as he's handing it to him, his brother sticks his foot up on a chair and pulls out from his boot a knife, like a five inch knife. And, and I was like, oh my God. <laughs> He's going to kill his brother over a can of Dinty Moore stew. I'm honestly not sure if the stew is out in his hand right now or not, but I'm just like, this is going to end in serious bloodshed, and we're talking about a can of beef stew. So the one brother surrenders it, and it was quite a visual. I wish I had a visual right now, but he took, the other brother took the can of stew and, like, jammed it into the lid and, like, cut a little bit, like, and then pulled the lid off and dumped the suit down his throat. And then he walked toward the front of the bus so he didn't have to sit near his brother anymore. But so now, all of us are wide awake at two o'clock and there's a guy on a bus who very well may have killed another guy on a bus and perhaps that guy on the bus also has a knife in his boot, whatever, and he's gonna kill a guy in the front. None of us feel secure. I forgot to sort of say the bus driver with that giant mirror is like taking a look in the back, but none of us know what to do. Like, yeah. <laughs> clearly you don't say anything. These guys have knives and they hate each other. And one of them was just well fed on stew, so he's got some energy. <laughs> so um, we get to the next stop. And what we didn't know, the passengers didn't know, is that I guess the bus driver has like a way of contacting the, the stops are set. Right. So I guess he has a way of contacting like if there's an emergency. So he had contacted ahead. So we get to the stop in Ohio. Again, I wish I could remember the town. The doors open. All of us, every single passenger on the bus gets off as fast as we can. All of the women run to the ladies' room, like instinctively, like, we're going to be safe here at least because <laughs> no male can come in here. As soon as we get in, there's probably about seven of us, all strangers. All we're doing is chatting. What did you see? What did you see? What did you see? Are you going to get back on the bus? What should we do? And then two things happen almost simultaneously. The women's room bathroom, the women's room had a window and the, it was open. And we're looking, we're sort of looking out the window, and at the same time we can hear a siren, a police siren coming. But we also see the two guys totally casually walking up the street, like heading home. Yeah, like, like nothing like happened. Like nothing happened. Like <laughs> ten minutes before, the one wasn't basically gonna kill the other yeah. over a can of dingy So that's my story. And sometimes when I tell it, I think I would love to send this out. Maybe this will happen this way. Send it out like across the country. Because that couple, mm -hmm. like, they were there. And, like, silly things. Like, after that, she was like, oh, 
I'm so, I hate being in buses for long periods of time. This was back in, and she like washed her face. She's like, oh, I wish I had some cream and like gave her my oil of Olay. Like, mm -hmm. it was like we were friends for an hour or whatever. So, yeah. so she knows the story. The guy she was with knows the story. I don't remember any of the people in vivid detail, but there's a collection of people across the country that know that these two brothers, again, I don't know if they're brothers, you know, effectively tried to kill each other, and I would love to reconnect, <laughs> just to see, like, what is your recollection? And the bus driver, what do you remember? Yeah, well, so. and it's just like, I don't know, I've never had the Dimmer stew, but I can't, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of canned soup to begin yes. with, so I can't imagine it's, like, worth, like, pulling out your knife exactly. <laughs> over, I mean, I guess maybe they were hungry, but Yeah, well, so, so that was the thing, like, I, I, I'm not someone who travels a tremendous amount, but so if I'm about to get into a, any kind of vehicle to travel, I take a, you know, some pretzels right, or some cookies, yeah. like a can, anything <laughs> in a can, why is that a good thing? Yeah, but this is what I was going to say, why I knew what Dintimore was, it used to be this ridiculous, um, do people do crank phone calls anymore, prank phone calls? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the prank phone call used to be, uh, you know, someone would say hello, and you'd say, hello, do you have Dintimore in a can? Oh, you'd call a grocery store. Hello, do you have Dinty Moore in a can, which is what I'm holding? And then if the clerk said yes, you'd say, well, you better let him out before he suffocates. <laughs> Stupid joke, but that's why I knew yeah. Dinty Moore. But I never had Dinty Moore stew. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for asking thank me. You. That yeah, was thank awesome. Thank you for being here. I had a lot of fun. I always have yes. fun telling this story. Yeah. <laughs>